Today's stuff is Daf Lamed Dalad, and we begin from Amr Rabbi Yochanan. So this is going on Amr Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon Omrim, that Eina Dava Maktish Dava Shenoshalo. Now the question is as follows. Rabbi Yochanan says, HaKol Modim Ba'anavim Shehen Asurot. That what happens, you've taken your Anavim, you've placed them over your friend's field, over your friend's field, that's the case. So he understands that despite the fact despite the fact you can't make the tfu'ah of your friend Asur, your grapes would be Asur. That is the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Amar Lei Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi says, what are you talking about? In other words, what's the Oser here? The understanding of the Oser here is actually the wheat itself. The wheat growing in the vineyard is what the thing that's making things Asur. Okay? That's the understanding. It's not like it's one or the other or two together. It's the wheat growing in the vineyard. So it's saying the Oser is Eno Ne'esar. You don't have the capacity in this context to make your friends wheat Asur. So how is that then if the Oser is Eno Ne'esar? How is the Eno Ne'esar, the Eno Oser Ne'esar? How is it possible then that the, the, the vines themselves, the grapes should become Asur? So you understand basically that Neither should become asur in that case. If if the wheat's not becoming asur, the grapes wouldn't become asur. So ma pligim, what's a machloket? The masachech kfano al gabeit water shachavera. The machloket must only be when you're taking your grapes, your vine, and being masachech of your friends. Avala masachech kfano shachavera al gabeit water. What happens though if if you have a field of wheat, and then you grab your friend's vine branches and start masachech over your own things? Then we say, everyone would agree that your wheat would become asur. Okay, you, obviously you can't affect your friend's vines, but your wheat would become asur because in that case, again, the wheat is the thing that's being oser. Now, why is that? There are two explanations here brought in Reb Chaim. They're both very interesting. One, I'll, I'll read it to you inside. It says, your tfua should become through the gefanim of your friend. Why? Despite the fact the vines are nasu. The shani hachi, this case is different. You're doing an action with your friend's gefen. You're doing a maise to do the schach, to, to, to cover it over. Venire, therefore, it appears as if it's your own gefen. That's a perish of the rash. In other words, it sounds like that the reason why this is different is that since you're you're doing action on your maiser, before it was a, a passive thing, you're taking your own kifanim over your friend's wheat, nothing was happening here. Now what's happening, you're taking your friend's vine and mesachech al gabay That's why we say that therefore, it's like ki'ilu shelo, even though it's not, you can't, it's not making the grapes asur, but it's ki'ilu shelo, according to the rush, therefore your wheat would be asur. However, that's the rush's explanation. So however, hagra, this is, this is sort of, uh, maybe, Okay, oh it doesn't matter. He says, no. When it comes to Kerem, what's the object that's doing the Isur? Here, it's going to be the Tfua. That's what it says in the passage. It sounds like the thing that's making the Kerem Asur, like we explained before, is the Tfua itself. If you take your friend's geffen and put her over your own thing, despite the fact doesn't the capacity to make your friend's vines asur, he at atzma it can make itself asur the 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 weed itself. But not in the case the opposite case doesn't work. 
Because if you're trying to get your friends, if you're trying to use your own vines to also your friends, in other words, what it sounds like according to the gra is as follows. The object that's making, that, that, that sets this whole thing in motion is the tfua. So therefore, if it's a case of your masachech kfano laka mishnah over your, fr- over your friend's weight, you have no capacity to impact that weight, so nothing gets off the ground. Everything stays mutar. However, if, um, if you take your friend's, if it's the opposite case, you take your friend's vines and take it over your own wheat, well, the wheat is the thing that's the activator. It's like the so'or should be iso type of thing. It's the activator in this whole process. So therefore, yes, it's your own, so we can make your own wheat, asur. However, so therefore it won't affect your friends. Okay, that's a, I think it's a fascinating uh, the, uh, insight into the what's happening in Kilaim because we think of Kilaim as just two bad things. It's a bit like you know Mentos and Coca Cola. They come together, the whole thing explodes. But it's not like that. It's like the it's the wheat. The thing is that, that's doing the whole thing. That, that's doing the whole um, creating the problems here. Let's continue. Someone takes his geffen of his friends. What do we do now? What happens now? Would the Chachamim still be, would the, the Tanakamo, the Chachamim still be Cholek? Now, if you recall, this whole thing was a Machloket in the Mishnah. Chachamim says, It makes it Asur, and Yochai Bachrayot. It was Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon that said, Now, what happens though, if you get, if you go into other people's fields, you get his vine and place it on his Tfua. So you don't own either of them. Okay. Um, I can probably even the same owner, but it doesn't matter. Let's learn from here. We can learn from the case where it says, where Yossi says, an incident, what happened in, in the Kerma Shmita. And Shmita, what happens, we say, Shmita doesn't, it doesn't belong to anyone. Everything's Hefker. And he says clearly, because even though it was technically in other six years, it's his field, since you Schmidt a year, it wasn't his field. Okay. Now, this was brought as a kasha in the Mishnah against Shirat Chachamim. The Rabbi Kiva holds, see, it says, you see, in this case, it's brought as a tiyufta, or as a kasha, if you like. The person didn't own either of them because it's Schmidt a year. The Tvor didn't belong to him. And the Geffen didn't belong to him. And nonetheless, itatav, oh, and, and nonetheless, it was brought as a kasha. Mashma what? Mashma the Chachamim hold that even if the person, the fact that it's brought as a kasha on Chachamim, must mean that the Chachamim hold that even if the Tvor doesn't belong to you and the Geffen doesn't belong to you, the Chachamim would still hold that he would makdish, it would have an effect and it would be, become Asa. Okay, just to make it clear, our question was, it, what we saw in our Mishnah was that in the first case, the first machloka was you get your own gefanim and you put on your friends to uh, is it makdish to or not? That's what it looked like. Then the Gemara asked, what happens now if he doesn't own either of them? And the Gemara says, well, look at the continuation. The fact that we brought the case from Shemitah as a kasha in the context of the Mishnah and the context, and, and when Shemitah, the person doesn't own either the tua or the kerem must mean and this brought a kasha on the Tanakama, must mean the Tanakama holds even then. Even when he doesn't own either of them, he could be able to also devash enoshilo. Right? You're frowning. What's the matter? You're okay? No, this is this this is by this is by but this is this is not by by kilaim, is it? Well, this is kilaim. What's makdish? In other words, hakdasha means 
the, when you say when you say painting dash, it's the lash on the puzzle. Painting ah, dash. Ah, that's right. Sorry. Right? It means makes okay, it. Got awesome. it. Got okay. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No problem. Let's continue. zarata karen ilfanav. If someone now Anas is like a thug, right? A, a, a bandits or, or, or mafiosis, whatever you want to call them. Shazara, they came into somebody else's field, the Zarata Karen, and they planted in wheat in the vineyard. Okay. and they left. Okay. So importantly, here there's a bit of a debate, but where, where, where Elchaim explains it is at this situation, we say, because Karaka ain't an exelet. Normally we say you can't steal land. So therefore, the so therefore it's the, the Anas that was in his field, and the fact that he planted wheat in this vineyard doesn't make it Asur. However, now it's gone back to the owner. And it came back to, into his possession during the Cholomoed. Now, this is a nice time to Dafyomi. You can't do Malachi. You can't, you can't do things like this in, during, uh, you can't do Malachi in Cholomoed. So he says, we, you can cut straw, you can cut it even during Cholomoed. Why? Because it's very simple. If you don't, what's going to happen? Um, well, actually, it's, I'll read you, uh, Reb Chaim brings one answer, but I'll read you the mouthful. He brings two reasons. Uh, I'm not sure if you have it in front of you. Even though, one understanding is the field not considered uh, going to become us. So therefore, it's so just wait till after, wait till after Cholomoed. Uh, one understanding is why did they let you do it? Because of Marit Ayin. So it doesn't look like you're Makaim Kilaim. That's one understanding. In other words, we still let you do Malacha during Moed. Moed. Now, Inami, another understanding, this is, I think, the one Reb Chaim says, This can be Devaravud. Because even though he didn't plant it, if he's Makayim Kilaim in this field, if he leaves it there and it grows Matayim, it will destroy, he'd have to Makadish the whole field, Makadish the whole field, meaning Asur, the, the vineyard, and then it destroys field. So it's Devaravud, he's got to get it, get involved and start uh, pulling it out of the ground. Okay? That's basically what Reb Chaim says in his is. It'll be a problem. Therefore, he can cut it because it's a Devaravud. Um, let's continue. However, it says, uh, Let's continue. Ad Let's say he has to hire workers to do this as quick as possible. And in terms of now, the rates of the workers might be inflated because this guy's uh, like it might be um, you know this guy's in desperate situation. They might start try trying to raise their prices, price gouging. So the question is, how much do they have to pay? That's one understanding. He says ad shlish. We have to explain what a shlish is. We'll get to that in a moment. Yet if it's past this threshold of a shlish, we don't know what that really means yet. Says yet what he can do. He can He can just do it on his own. And even if it's going to grow more than two hundred, doesn't matter because it's like it's like we learned in the previous mission. If he hasn't reached it, it's not a problem yet, right? Uh, even if it's going to take him to after cholam word to do it. So now the question is anas. At what, at what point do we call him a, a, a nas? Now, what that means is at what point does it now become considered the field of the, the thug that took over the field? That's a meshiyishaka. That's from the point where we no longer, the bailim, it's, uh, people no longer know this field as if it's owned by so-and-so. Like the original owner, it gets known by this is the thug's field, right? It gets to a point in time after a while when the guy's been in for so long, the people even forget who, who he stole it off. Or he not really stole it off. He forced his way in, and in that situation, what would happen if he planted in there? Then it's considered his field, and it would also the care. Okay, that's the Mishnah. Rav Bar Yaakov You're allowed to cut it. Even during even during Cholamoed, 
which is uh, which is about how we read the mission as well. We allowed to harvest it um, even during the moed. Now let's continue. Ad kamu noten lapolim ad ad shlish. So what does it mean until a shlish? Rav Chuna Rav Sheshet chad amar shlish leschar. One understanding is is kind of the way I alluded to in the Mishnah is how much more do you have to pay the workers above their normal rate up until a shlish, a third. Okay, um, uh, fine. Um, where was it? Here, fine. Ad shlish. Uh, now I think it's Milavar actually. So like by like fifty percent more. I just want whereas, to. Where is where whereas in the, in the Bavli we dafka say that Cholamoyt is much cheaper because everybody is free and wants to get some some money to earn. Yes, that's why. For example, we talked You're about not allowed to. Go, go around and looking for kilaim. That's when they do it because it was cheaper because no one's working. Correct. Right. Um, but I can imagine these guys are you know maybe the price gouging, maybe the understanding this guy's death. Well, is it, is it, so, sorry that I'm asking, is it clear from the Gemara that it says here, shlish more or just a third of the salary? Uh, I'll read you, Reb Chaim. Ad kama hu noten polim, kama yosif lahem schar. Ah, okay. Yeah, clear. They're taking advantage of his desperate situation. Who else is working? He must be desperate. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. The Charana Amar. Other people say no. It's actually shlish ledamim. It's got nothing got to do with the workers' pay. It's actually got to do with, in terms of, up to a third of what he would potentially lose if he left it and had to destroy, have the field destroyed. That's how much we say that he had, would have to pay to get workers going. But if it's going to have to pay more than that, then we say, okay, you can go at your own pace. Okay. So it's a different way of understanding it. Or shishadami or shishapayrot is the of the grub, but it's effectively the same idea. Let's continue. Ma'ema ta'nikra anas mishishaka says, Amre ba'acha nishtaku abalim v'lot nishtu abalim. If I were to nishtaku abalim, meaning we forget whose field it was, but the real balim still didn't have the yush, we say, isuro devar Torah. Then it's already considered the property of the anas, and it's also midin Torah, meaning if he plants in the plants in it, it's in his field. Nityashu abalim nishtaku abalim um, if, however, Nityashua Balin, the Balin were Miyayish, they thought we're never going to get this back. They heard them say, Oi, vay, Oi, the Avdan, etc. However, people know that this is a field that was taken by force from so and so. Then we say, So it says, What are you talking about? When you, you hack, it doesn't matter if he had, he had Yush. Okay, I'll just read your time to make it clearer. Um, here, uh, where is it? Here. He says, He says, There's no Gazlan How can it be considered his? In other words, that it will be now after Yush. Doesn't matter. Karka is not Nixelet. So he says, uh, Now, what does that even mean? So I'll explain. Yesh Karka, Reb Chaim says, Midivrehem. Now, as Midrabanan, we say there's Yush to the extent that what Amru Denikni Afshe'en Lo Kinyan Gzele, despite the fact that the real Kinyan, it seems to me Midrabanan Midivrehem will say that if he plants in this field, we have, a, if you like, a Kinyan Midrabanan after Yush, even though Karka normally isn't considered Nixelet. Okay, which uh, is that's the uh, that's that's the chiluk between if it's uh, in other words, again, let's make it clear. Karka and Nixelet. So if someone forces someone out of field and starts planting it, it's not also. That's the first part of the Mishnah. Now we said that the other extreme is Nishtaka. 
meaning we've forgotten who the original owners were. By that point of time, that's considered the Anasas. If you plant in it, it's also Dibre Torah. We have this in-between period where the owners, uh, where everyone, it's like everyone knows that these thugs have taken. And the, and the balance is, oi, the avdan. I said, oi, we're mit yayish. It seems to be that even though yeyush, normally if something's lost and someone's miyayish, it's, it's shinarishut already now and it belongs to the other person. However, with a karaka, it doesn't work that way. So how does it work with, with yeyush? He says, no, midarabana, we say yeyush is still effective. Um, even though even a karaka and exilat, midarabana, yeyush is effective. So it sounds like it'd be asum midarabana. Okay, let's learn the next halacha. What happened now if wind blew some vines over some over the tfua, over one's tfua? So we say, you better quickly go and peel it back and put a fence there, fence it up so it doesn't come back. However, if some sort of honest came to prevent him from doing so and he didn't he didn't didn't put it together, it would still be mutar. Okay, uh, let's continue. Uh, what if there's produce that is now leaning in, so wheat that is leaning in under a geffen, vechen biyerek as well, machzir, you simply pull it back before it grows, pull, pull it back, and then it's not makdish, and it's never no makdish. Rabbi Chaim says, va'alin shel tfua or shel yerek shenatu tachat a geffen enu naasrim, shenu ikara pri, va'tfua, va'tfua, hilkach, lo'olam machzir, you can always bring it back, which is interesting pshat here. In other words, we're talking about just the leaves and not the actual product itself. So that is la'olam, you could always bring it back. Okay, let's continue. From what point is tua mikdeshet? Now, this part of the Mishnah is a bit tricky. Kati, um, if you learn Mishnah, goes into a great uh, length. There's like two pages of notes at the end of this thing. And it's very clear, it's very, quite clear um, in terms of the machlok we've shown him that's going on here. In other words, just to give you a bit of introduction, we know if you plant the seeds together, it's also to do so. We've also seen situations, however, where if it happens to be, say, you take vines and place it over it, then we say that, look, if it grows, a, if it starts growing a shlish or a mekayim in the field, it grows a shlish or things like that. And then those are, there are certain timing later on that you can have problems with kilayim. Not grows a shlish, if it starts growing a one two hundredth. So that was a shear, sorry, one two hundredth. Now, the question is here, at what point in the development of the field, either the vine or the produce, are you going to have a problem with kilayim? So hopefully this will come clear as we go along. It says, well, what point is tfua going to be a problem? The first understanding is what Mishnah says is mishatashlish, meaning only if it grows a shlish, that's when already it's developed a shlish, that's when it will be us also. However, if it hasn't grown a shlish yet, even if it's mosif, it sounds like, not a problem, pull it out of the ground and nothing's going to be us. Okay, so it's only now the reason for this, just to so appreciate, is because the Torah says, doesn't say hazera, it seems to be it's already developed. So when it comes to what's the produce of a kerem, it seems to imply that something's developed on it. That's why when it comes to avim, it says, that's when it's developed like a white bean. So the grape is growing, the grapes are already growing. Now, what's interesting here is the reason why I said there's a lot of depth what's going on here is that firstly, the, the timing of everything, but also are they interdependent on one another? According to the rush, what it means is even if, say, the wheat hasn't grown a shlish, it can still osir the, the grapes if they, they're already palmitsri, meaning it's not independent, they're not dependent on one another. Whereas the Rambam says, no, they both have to be in this zone to make a problem of kilai. Okay, that's a machlok at Rush and Rambam. Which is very interesting because according to the rush, it's like is one can become asked and another one can be fine. 
because one's at the right maturity and other one's not. However, it continues. Um, uh, however, it continues that uh, if Tua is already dried out, it means fully developed, if the grapes have already grown fully, like they're re- ready to pick, they wouldn't make Kadesh. Why? They're not going to grow anymore. Something that's already planted, again, in the case of, say, where you ilala, that the ruach, or say, say the, some grapes were placed over, or you got the field back from the uh, purchase from, like the, we learned yesterday, when you purchased from a goy, and the issue was only mekayim kilain, because according to the shita that is, uh, that yesh kinyan, and it's like there was, he planted, it's like planting in Chutzaret. The issue is only Mekayim. So if it's already planted, somehow Beheter, the issue is only if it's Mosif Matayim. And if it's already fully developed, it's not going to Mosif Matayim anymore, is it? Okay. So in other words, there's a window here where the issue of Kilang exists. It sounds like for wheat, it's from when it develops a third till it's fully ready to cut, it's dried out. And it seems to be for grapes, the window is when it's Polavan, like it's, it's already grown up to the, like the size of a white bean. We're not, we don't actually know exactly when that timing is, Rechaim says in Derech or until it's fully developed. That's the window where the Isu Kilei Kerem could exist. For things that are already planted better, you have to understand that. Because again, don't, don't confuse things. If you get the seeds and plant them together, then obviously we're talking about the little bit issue of Kilei. That's planting Kilei. Okay, let's continue. May, may, I, may I suggest that that's why the Torah tells us, Lois Sizra Kilei. Yes. And so the planting itself, because afterwards, when they grow either side, there is a window. Masha Enke by the Zriya itself. Yes, correct. So it's actually interesting. Just so you know, the, um, the uh, I'm not going to go into Otherwise, the Torah gonna... could have said, Lo sotcho yeah, Correct. That's um, what the Torah doesn't say. The Torah says, Lo tizra. Correct. Because so, we also learned Tizra in terms of planting and Kiyom Kilaim as well. Pentik Dash. I'm not sure. I can't remember where we learned it from. But um, but it's actually interesting because the uh, I'm not going to go into this now. I can look at it later. I mean, Kati cites the Rashi says there's actually three phases where it could be problematic, um, and and he, and he enumerates it. But um, but yeah, there's there's what to work with. All right, let's continue. So if we go back previously, we said We said the ruach. If the ruach takes the vine and brings it and turns it over your over your tfua, you should turn it back and fence it off so it can't go back again. So Geben Aza is more machmir. He says ispor. I mean, ispor means you've got to cut it. It's not enough to yigdor. We saw a teaching that said Rabbi Kiva Moyachzir. You can simply peel it back. Whereas Ben Aza says ispor, meaning you can simply, um, sorry, you, he's more machmir. You'd have to cut the, sorry, this is not the case of the Ilala Ruach, my mistake. This is the case of the Yerek. Sorry, the, the leaves that have gone into underneath the, the vine. That's what I'm, that's the case. According to, according to Rabbi Kiva, it's enough just to peel them back, whereas according to Ben Azar, you have to actually cut them off. It's more machmir. Um, uh, fine. So I'll just read Rabbi Chaim. He says, Alim gefen, mitim. The Tanakamana Mishnah says, Machzir, simply bring it back in a Makadesh. And our Mishnah must be Rabbi Kiva, whereas Ben, ben, ben Azar says, those leaves that are underneath the vine, they would be asked, you have to cut them off. Okay, let's continue. Sorry about that. Memetai tfua mitkadeshet, from what time does the Tuam Mikadeshet? Our gears in the Mishnah is Mishitashlish. However, Itani Tani, we've got another teaching that says Mishitashlish. It's only when, when it already, uh, sorry, even when it takes root from the very, very beginning. 
So man de amar mishetashri ish. Okay, I'm changing gears here a bit. Mesayle Rabbi Yochanan, man de amar mitashlish, mesayle Rabbi Yoshaya. So what are we talking about here? If you remember, back in, uh, this is in the fifth parak, we saw a situation of if uh, if he had seeds that were blown into the field in front of him. And we said at different points of development, the mission discussed different ways of treating with it. If it was only, if it was only starting to sprout, it said, Asvim yupach, you've got to turn it over. If it's Aviv pets, you'd sort of beat out the, um, the kernels at the top. And the stalks, or the, there's a machloket, what it means here, what happens to the stalk. But if it already produces um, dagan, some actual produce, then you've got to burn the whole thing. Now we saw there were Machlok and Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Oshaya says that um, at the different phases, it's not actually all asu. Meaning if you knew Yupach, you can actually get Hana from the little things in the earlier in the earlier phase. If it started growing already, you can beat it out and you can keep the stalks. The stalks are okay. And it's only once it reaches Dagan did we say that now you have to destroy everything. However, Rabbi Yochanan was a shita that said, no, it's just, it's us, everything's us or at every phase. It's just the Mishnah's teaching us these are the ways, like you, you destroy each of the components, what's relevant to it at different stages. That's what we learned back in, um, back on Dav Chavzayin. Okay. So this machlok at Mishetashrish or Mishetashlish is connected here. Meaning, Rabbi Yochanan, who says that it's actually always Asur, it's just Mishnah's talking about different ways of disposing of it or destroying it, must, he must hold that it's Asur from when? Mishetashrish, from the time it takes root. And, and uh, Rabbi Hoshaya, however, must hold the other other shita. Because when it's already, if we says Im, uh, im Aviv, it's starting to grow, the Kash is still Mutar, must mean it's not Asur until when? Until it reaches a Shlish. So he must have the Girsan Mishnah of Misha Tashlish. Okay, that's, uh, that's filling in a very concise bit of a Yerushalmi to explain how it relates. Okay. V'anavim Mishasu Polavan, Amrab Chananya, Berei Derebi Hillel, Dichtiv, it says, Utfata Keren, meaning the Tfuah of the Keren, that's why it has to reach this Polavan. And and Tfuah Shiyavsha, what is Tfuah Yavsha? Called Sorchan, Kenem Manit in the Mishnah teaches, Eno Mitkachot, like we have in our Mishnah, meaning it doesn't, Eno Mitkachot, uh, it doesn't, um, I'll read Reb Chaim here, he says, Enu Mikdashot, Hem atzmam shlo esifu enu Mikdashot, avalanavim afshekfar bishlo kortzacham osrim et hatfua shosifu mantayim. Vuadim lehefech shotvua yavsha banavim osifu mantayim. Interesting. In other words, what he's saying is, despite the fact maybe previously, if they haven't reached the early stages of development, they're interdependent on one another. Here, what we're saying means, I can't, it's hard to say in the words, but he says it in his parish. He says that, let's say the grapes are fully developed. However, the wheat's still growing. Since that's Mosif Matayim, one two hundredth, that would still make the wheat Asur, or vice versa. If the wheat's already dry and the grapes are still growing and it's Mosif Matayim, then the grapes become Asur even if the wheat would not. So in other words, here, it seems to be they're not necessarily independent, dependent on one another. Okay, let's continue. Next, next Mishnah. Atzis Nakuv Mekadesh Bekerem V'she'enu Nakuv Enu Mekadesh. Now here we see the famous Atzitz Nakuv. And Atzitz Nakuv is a pot, of, a pot plant that has a hole in it. Hole in it. So if you have an Atzitz Nakuv and you put it in a Kerem, so it's got some weed in it, it's Mekadesh. 
meaning to sit as if it's planted in the Kerem, and it would become Asur, meaning it would make a, it's like planting climb in a Kerem. If it doesn't have a hole in it, and you put it in the Kerem, it's Enu Mikadesh, it would not, it's not considered planted in the Kerem, it's not Isra of Kilayim. Now, Rabbi Shimon Amar, Ze Vazer, both is him Osrim Makadshim. Both Asurim, both things you're not allowed to do. Below Mikadshim. I mean, according to Rabbi Shimon, by the way, he says, Atzitz Nakov is not as if it's planted in the ground. That's it, Rabbi Shimon. That's why it's Asumir Rabbanan, but it's not, it's not Mekadesh. Because these things are still considered as Talush. Now, Hamavri, it's Nakov, if someone's walking through, going through a Kerem with an Atzitz Nakov, and he hasn't even put it down, and he does it for a significant period of time, if it grew one two hundredth, even if it wasn't put on the ground, we say that it's also asur, it becomes asur, right? Because again, it's uh, even in other words, it's not cool, it doesn't have to be placed on the ground to be considered uh, okay? We'll look, we'll see this case towards the end of the uh, sort of middle of tomorrow and stuff. Now, let's have a look at the Maratani. When it comes to there, it seems to be there's a there's a, a um. Tosefta that says there's no difference in Atzitz Nakov and Eino Nakov except for Hechsher Zrayim. Now to appreciate Zrayim seeds or anything that's plucked from the ground or picked from a tree is not susceptible to Toma unless it comes into contact with one of the seven liquids. If it's still Mechubah Lakarka, if still attached to the ground, it can, you can splash all the water you like on it, it's not going to become susceptible to Toma. What it seems to be, we have this Tosefta that says there's no difference between Atzitz Nakov and Nakov. The only halachic difference between them is Hechsher Zrayim. Okay? Meaning, a cord, if, if, if the seeds touch this uh, something growing, sorry, if something grows in this, or if something is, sorry, Zrayim are in this Atzitz She'enu Nakov, and, and the liquid tux, touches it, Laratzon Balin, it's not susceptible to Toma. However, if it's Enu Nakov, if it doesn't have a hole in it, it's like a detached from the ground, and it would become susceptible to Toma. So the Gemara says, that must be Shir the Rebbe Shimon. That must be Shir Rebbe Shimon and Amishna. Because why? Baram Rabbanan say it choran. There's other nafgaminas between them, as we saw. Atzis nakum makadesh bekerem b'shenakum ena makadesh bekerem ena makadesh. We saw previously the chachamim mechalik. They say that if you take the atzis nakuv and you put it in a kerem, it would be considered planting kilaim. So that should be another nafgamina. The fact that the only nafgamina between the two are types of atzitzim, I think atzitzim is for the hechshezrei must be shita Rebbe Shimon, because the Rebbe Shimon says that it's also ena makadesh whether it's got a hole or not. So we say now, if someone plucks something from a natsitz nakuv on Shabbat, it's going to attach to the ground and it would be chayiv for doing tolesh or kotzer, tolera of kotzer, I guess. If it doesn't have a hole in his patur, meaning it's asum radanan, asum radanan nonetheless. Now, atsitz nakuv enu machshir et azrayim, v'sheinu nakuv machshir et azrayim. Once again, so we saw when it comes to atsitz nakuv, v'sheinu nakuv, uh, there's a difference when it comes to Hechsher's Rhyme, like I explained above. Now, the question is why? Why, according to Rabbi Shimon, would, 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 if, if, he, if he understands that if Atzitz, even if it has a hole in it, it's considered detached from the ground, why is it for Zraim, is it considered attached to the ground if it has a hole in it, that Hechsher's Rhyme doesn't affect it? Like, why is it that, that, that it seems to be Hechsher's Rhyme is an exception? So he says, so Rabbi Yossi Amar Lastam, Rabbi Yossi just said, taught teaching as it was, and Rabbi Chanina Mataba Beshem Rabbi Shimon Bar Yitzchak. And he, he brought it in the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yitzchak. Why? Because Hator Rivta Batad Zraim, because the Torah added extra Tahara for Zraim, meaning Matam, because it says, Vichi Pol Minivlatam, Akul Zera Zarua Asheyi Zareya. Tahorhu. 
So we have this all this zera zerura sheri zera all these ribuyim. And to, to just to explain, Reb Chaim he says drio yatera shamarba. All these extra zerura says in the Torah. Darish that's trying to even Larabot, that's Tahor, even something Zarua Koldahu, even if it's some, even just a fractionally considered planted to the ground. Bahainu, what would be considered fractionally planted, or that would be the case of Atzitznakuv. In other words, normally according to Rabbi Shimon, there's no difference in Atzitznakuv and Enunakuv. They consider it's considered, uh, it's not even considered that um, attached to the ground for kilaim. So if it was in a kerem, it would be asur, but ain't also like one mak mak thing. However, why is there a difference for hechsher zrayim? Well, that's a whole different parsha. Parsha zrayim, the Torah says, zera zerua zareya, and it says it's 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 a special leniency that it that it has to be completely attached from the ground, not even partially attached to the ground, for zrayim to become susceptible to summa if one of the seven liquids comes into contact with it. That's a shear. Mr. Shem will pick up the when we speak about the Mesachech and the actually the when we speak about the Ruach that blows the yeah. gift over the Tavua, who is supposed to build the fence? The the Bala Tavua or the Bala Gefen? Well, I I I don't think in this situation it's necessarily two different people's fields. Uh huh. Right. Well, I so think it would be the same person. Right. I think the case is uh-huh. the same person, but um, what, if, what if it was two Balim? Um, good question. Um, in terms of who's responsible, who isn't this? Are they, are they, I have to get back you to think that. The I, guess, I, I mean, I think I think there's Mishnayas. There are Mishnayas talking about distancing one from the other, and who was um, mm-hmm. and what's considered the mazik. Let, let me get back to you on that. In terms of whose responsibility necessarily would it be? And in general, regarding masachich, what's the? I mean, what's the? What's the masius? Is it is it an aggression? What do you or mean? Or is it innocent? Why would why would I be masachich my geffen over your tvua? I think it could, it could either be negligence or it could be anything. It could be it could be it could be to dry it out. It could be deliberate. It could be negligence. You know, people, you can have a funny relationship with neighbors sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, Carlton, take care. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.